And welcome to episode nine of the Play Call podcast. It's me, your host, Jose Roden, and I'm here with my co-host, Nicholas Williams. And we're going to be talking some free agent MBA, all that stuff, all these free agent signings, trades. A lot has happened in the week since we talked, Nick. Plus, you know, teased it last week, some NFL stuff. I'm very excited. I love football. But uh, how are you doing, Nick, before we start off? I'm tired. <laughs> I am just going to be blunt. I'm tired. So I'm running on, like, what, 60% of myself. So oh, that's good. I'll be good. Yeah, we'll be No, good. I don't know. That, you know what that means? You're 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 not gonna you're not gonna fight me on my crazy ideas. Like you're just gonna go with the flow. Like you're just gonna let me, you know, talk some wildness. I, I sigh at it and then I think about it like after the pod <laughs> when I'm like not in the moment, <laughs> and then I'm just like, huh, maybe it's not so crazy after all. Oh, or, thank you. I appreciate like, that. Oh, this guy's bonkers. Yeah, you know? either one works. So where where do you want to start with free agency? NBA free Ooh. agency. Do you have a favorite move? Or you just want to talk about some team move stuff? Fits. Where do you want to go? My favorite free agency move is PJ Tucker to the Miami Heat. All right. So we're going to go Miami Heat first then. Okay. Right. Yes, because they have had a really damn good offseason, and I'm working on a video to talk more about the heat, basically, of their offseason. It's really good. Get Kyle Lowry, sign Duncan Robinson to 90 million, four, year, four or five years, four, four or five years. You see, there's loopiness coming in. But you sign him to a max contract. You get him back. You need that shooter to pair next to Kyle, Jimmy. And then you bring in P.J. Tucker, who I believe is just – if you talk about a Miami Heat-type player that Eric Bolstra and Pat Riley just wants, P.J. Tucker is the best example of that type of player. And he is the perfect type of player for the Miami Heat. Fits well into their defensive scheme, switching, zone. He's going to provide a lot of, you could play him at small ball center. Maybe you want to bring Bam Adebayo, you know, when he sits out, you could put P.J. Tucker, you know, at the five and just run, you know, some space in at the five. There's, oh, small ball. Exactly. So, and he brings a lot of toughness, a lot of grit. The man is a, is a dirty work type of player we know this yeah well I, i'm just once pj tucker signed with the heat i was like i love the move but i'm just like damn milwaukee why didn't you not sign him back like if you want to talk about a free agency l for the bucks you know they're champions gotta respect that always but losing pj tucker was a big hit for them because he basically allowed them to do what they wanted to do defensively. Giannis yeah. at the five. He was a main reason in that defense, really a big reason why they won a championship. So I'm not all too mad that they lost it because they got 
Semi Ojale, who's like a Walmart version of PJ Tucker. But yeah, they at least got someone who can, you know, replace him. But just damn, you couldn't get him back. And obviously, you know, the cap situation and, and money. Maybe PJ Tucker just wants to go to Miami. He won a chip, wants to go elsewhere. Fine. But I just feel like that move was a hit. Also, love the Kyle Lowry move. What do you feel about the Kyle Lowry move? He's really good friends with Jimmy Butler, right? Yeah, that's what's being reported. Seems like, you know, they're tight. They're close. They're buddies. I, I think it's it, it falls under the same umbrella of the P.J. Tucker move. Like, this is, you know, I don't want to say heat culture because... Eh. It's getting tacky right now. Yeah, yeah but stale. Yeah, but I mean, like, when you think of the Miami Heat, you think of like tough players who fit into the system that Eric Spoelstra wants to run, and Kyle Lowry fits that role. And I think, I think the best thing that they Kyle Lowry's fit is as an other ball handler and Jimmy Butler doesn't have to run everything because Jimmy Butler is amazing but he's not the best of shooters which allows him to well doesn't allow him to create as much space as you would want him to Kyle Lowry is a solid shooter who can create more space and that can just lead to more things so it makes a lot of sense and then also adding PJ Tucker as like a stretch four defender type and Kyle Lowry is a def I'm not gonna say a good defender but he does what he needs to do drawing charges and doing all that stuff so like smart. I like the fit yeah smart defender I have to be since he's like miniature guard so yeah so I I think I'm looking at their depth chart I don't like their bench they pretty much, unless Victor Oladipo can get healthy, who signed a vet minimum, but I don't know where he's at right now. But if he stays healthy, maybe. They're saying but, he's not going to be there at the start of the season. I don't think that's something that's going to happen. Yeah. So it's unknown when he'll come back. But once he does come back, he's a plus defensively, and he gives you some offense. So that's always a plus. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about like Tyler Harrow and Markeith Morris off the bench? That that's what I was saying is that like in my mind with Victor Oladipo, they're eight not eight and a half players deep because like Markeith Morris is solid, but like Dwayne Dedman would be that big off the bench that I like. So they would go like their starting five is Lowry. Robinson, Butler, Tucker, and Adebayo. You know what? Something else I like is that they surrounded Adebayo and Jimmy with shooters, kind of like catching. Yeah. Like everybody, the other three starters are all catch and shoot players. Like they all have high percentage of catch and shoot shots. So I think that's really good too. And I think having Tyler Hero come off the bench, I think him. I think Tyler Hero needs to go to Kyle Lowry and say, how do I be a point guard? Like, how do I run an offense? Because Kyle Lowry has been doing it for so long. He's not like an elite play shot creator or play creator or playmaker or whatever you want to call it, but 
he's not like the elite, but he's really good and he's been doing it for a long time. So I want Tyler Hero to like learn from that, to be like the backup point guard off the bench. Oladipo's the two off the bench. Morris is the wing big and Deadman is the big. And then that's, that's like nine deep. And when you get to the playoffs, they'll probably make more moves. But if you're nine deep, you have a shot. And so I think that's where I'm at. Like, I like the roster configuration. I want Tyler Hero. You need Tyler Hero to take a step and it like changes the whole thing. If he can be, if he can be bubble hero, this team is, <laughs> this team could be a top four team in the East. If it's not bubble hero, they're looking at like five and six. Just because can... other teams got good, they got a little better. So I think he's a six man of the year candidate. Yeah. Um, obviously, now he doesn't have Goran Dragic off the bench with him. Um, there's no more Kendrick Nunn, there's no more Precious Achua. They basically sacrifice all those guys for Kyle Lowry, and mm. I do that all day. Yeah, <laughs> all day. Um. The thing about Tyler Harrell is that he's – and also the thing about having a Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo is that you can kind of use Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry and have them play with Tyler Harrell. Like, you don't have to play them strong minutes yeah. to start. Like, you can have one of them rest early, and then he'll come back in once Tyler Harrell comes in and they, they both feed off of each other. Because Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, they're both strong ball handlers, playmaker. So, and Tyler Hero's not really that guy that's just like, you, you trust him as yet. a main ball handler. He's more like a secondary one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's good that he feeds off of someone. And maybe, you know, Gabe Vincent gets more minutes. I don't know. Maybe they sign another point guard. I kind of want to see them, you know, add another uh, point guard to their depth that can that can help especially if it's a veteran one not sure what the market is out there um, I'm off the top of my head but they'll see it'd be interesting if they can get someone else to pair with Tyler Hero in that backcourt so maybe you don't have to um, have Jimmy Butler or Kyle play with them but you know yeah the, you can work around it but uh, yeah the idea that yeah. I would see is you always sub Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry or Jimmy Butler. So yeah, six basically. minutes into the game, you sit Jimmy, Tyler Hero comes in. And then three minutes after that, you switch Jimmy and Lowry. And then you do Lowry and Hero. And so you just revolve those three around so that Tyler Hero is never the dominant ball handler. And one of the dominant ball yeah. handlers is always on the court. And that's like, that would make sense. Like that's your three ball handling group. Maybe they can pick up another one, but um, yeah, that would be your three guys. And then Oladipo healthy mid season can be that other one in that group. And now you have four ball handlers and it's a whole, it's a solid group, right? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is Oladipo, because they got him like on a one year, I think 
eight million dollar deal, which was is it? pretty surprised. I thought there would be a. You said, is it? Vet. I thought it was a vet minim- a minimum. I think it's like one year, eight mil, some, something along those lines. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a vet mil, but they're basically having him come back and play the fields again. Maybe next year's free agency. Maybe he returns to his Pacer days, most improved player. But he is definitely like a wild card player on this team like if he booms and comes back and booms yeah this this heat team is is legit they're they're dangerous but it's kind of like a high risk i mean like low risk high reward type thing for oladipo and Mm -hmm. you know maybe he signs another one-year deal with them or, or something maybe keeps taking those but i think eventually he may want a bigger payday so there's a lot riding on him just to be a great player especially now as he gets older he's 29 and going on 30 so he, yeah. he really wants to get that payday you know yeah i think it'll, it'll be interesting to see what he does just because if, if he comes back and he's like what close to being pacer oladipo it's a whole different team like you're looking at this team like oh they're eastern conference finals contenders like you could see them make a push and similar to the bubble team where like they just found ways to win i think without oladipo it gets a little more concerning oladipo is that he's a really big x factor in that i agree i agree (laughs) So, moving on from the Miami Heat, we're going to move into another team that I don't know how they went off, but somehow they went off. The L.A. Lakers. <laughs> how do you feel about their moves, man? Because I know you were, like, not a big fan of that Westbrook trade, but now they m- made the moves, and it, it's looking better and better and better. And they're looking like legit like scary championship contenders next season. So what are your thoughts on the LA Lakers now? I think I'm less confused. (laughs) I'm less confused. I'm less confused because when you trade for a Westbrook, the idea is, okay, less floor spacing. Your big three are not amazing floor spacers so what are you going to do to surround them with shooting and fits and the person you just traded for traded for isn't a great defender nor is he a good cutter or at least hasn't proven he's a good cutter yet so maybe he is and you 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 figure things out and it, it seems like they've their way of figuring things out is just signing old shooters like trevor ariza i was like what wayne ellington i was like okay but i do like kendrick nunn and malik monk those are my favorite dwight howard i was like okay those are surprising yeah i i was surprised i 
I definitely like Trevor Reese is 36 and Wayne Ellington is 33. Like I'm not like it it was different when they signed like Avery Bradley. Like Avery Bradley was good and a shooter and like same with KCP like they're defensive and all that stuff. And they were below 30, I believe. Like Wayne Ellington and Trevor Ariza are like not even Walmart versions of KCP and Avery Bradley. Like, they're like, I don't even know, like 99 cent store versions. Yeah. Like they're just, they're, they're past their prime. Like I, I like that they signed Mello Cause like, that's fun. Like I've been wanting Mello and LeBron to be on the same team for a while now. I think Mello didn't fit with Russell Westbrook and OKC. He is a little bit of a changed player now. So I wonder how he fits in. But he's not like an elite rebounder. Like the only thing he does is three-point stance offense now. Like that's it. So it's interesting. Of my my two favorite are obviously. I still don't know how they signed them, but Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, and Kent Bazemore, like those players fit. They're defensive, they're scorers, they can all kind of ball handle at least Monk and Nunn. So I we'll see, man. I, I want to see like what their lineups are throughout the year. Like, cause I could see like Ariza and Wayne Ellington like get like no minutes at the end of the regular season. Like none Monk and Bazemore just take over that. And like Wayne Ellington and Ariza are kind of like pointless on this team. But I like none Bazemore, Monk, and Mello. That's those are good signings. And Howard, 10 minutes of hustle. If you don't want to play Marcus all. So I mean, how do you feel? If you don't want to play Anthony Davis at center, I'd kind of <laughs> trust more Dwight Howard at center more than Mark Gasol. I mean, they can play Mark Gasol as a floor spacing and defensive big. Yeah. Dwight Howard just brings you know energy more to this team. Yeah, and and like a threat around the rim. I feel like the 76ers really took a huge L losing Dwight and getting like Andre Drummond instead, which by the fact, I would love to see a Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond pick and roll. That would be something special. But anyways, we talked about Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk. When some, the Hornets kind of just like said, you know what, Monk, you can do whatever you want. They didn't really want to pay him. He was coming into his own as a score obviously like i feel like you're saying that every <laughs> season now for monk but i think he can really find a role as like that six man a guy off the bench who can give you a spark like a lou williams or something like that no and that's who he was really touted to be in in the league i wasn't too high on him in the draft but he's finding his own way now so that's yeah. a good thing they got young players to 
take less money to come play for the Lakers. Yeah. And not in back. Monk. That was a surprise. That's amazing. That's truly amazing. Um, A plus for these Lakers teams. Like you, you said age and stuff. Um, that's going to be something to look out for. I don't think Trevor Reese is like the player he once was, but he's yeah. still like a three and D type guy. Mello adapted to being more of a, you know, off ball score and stuff. Kent Bazemore is okay. <laughs> I mean, just a good guy off the bench, I guess. It- Kent Bazemore is someone that they needed. Like just a solid three and D guy who's energy. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. that's Kent Bazemore. It's going to be interesting to see, like, because we know that Frank Vogel is, like, defensive-minded coach. It's going to be interesting to see if he can keep up that level of defense with this team. And I don't know. Maybe they, they start Marcus All, They keep LeBron at small forward. Anthony Davis power forward. Russ at point guard and whoever shooting guard. Uh, who so- knows? That's the one thing I, I really want to see out of this team is, like, what lineup do they run with? What lineup yeah. do they trust all throughout the season and what they can run with? Uh, you got to be kind of creative how you utilize, just play this roster, really. Yeah, because it's not that it's a bad roster, but it's top-heavy. So when you get past Westbrook, LeBron, and AD, you kind of have no idea who the starters are because they're kind of all around the same level in my mind. Like, there's no clear, like, this is the starting center, this is the starting shooting guard, or this is the starting... Like, there's no clear makeup of the roster in my mind like it makes sense who they added but there's no clear vision but it's good but it just seems like it's not clear yet to like a fan because are they going to start like Marcus Gasol or Dwight Howard or is AD going to come right out the gate playing center or is that just going to be their fourth quarter lineup in a court in a close game so it's like what are you what are you doing then if AD's your center is it mellow? And I'm not saying that like this lack of knowing is bad because I think that it's good in the sense of like they can be um, they have a lot of options, right? Like there's there's a lot of interesting lineups that they can throw out there. Like they can throw out Westbrook, Nun, Monk, LeBron and Anthony Davis, like, that would be a really good lineup with ball handlers, passers, shooters, a big, you lack a little on defense in the guard positions, and, like, but your offense is going to be running gun, and it's going to look good. You're going to score a lot of points. Or you could go Westbrook, Baysmore, Ellington, mellow and like anthony davis like it gets weird but it's good because they have a lot of options and that's like what the nba is all about now is versatility and they have versatility right yeah i mean i'm not worried about you know what 
I'm not worried too much. I would say like what the Lakers will do come opening day or how they would go about using their yeah. lineups through the season. Cause they're a team that, that likes to experiment, likes to see what they can do, explore different routes really. So I'm expecting a lot of that to basically start the season, uh, probably preseason, um, few game, a few like first 10 games in opening, uh, opening the season. It, it's going to be a lot of experimenting and just finding what's right. What can we roll with and what, you know, just feels right for this team. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really too worried about the Lakers. They have. I'm not here. <laughs> Best player in the world. Mm. Uh, well, I know that's controversial for you, but they have one of the greatest basketball players in the league. That. Russell Westbrook, dynamic as a driver, getting in the lane. And then you have Anthony Davis who can space and play inside and be just yeah. a defensive just disrupt everything on defense. So you have a lot of options. You have a lot of routes you can take. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, this this is a heavy championship favorite team, like, coming out of this offseason. And if you bet money on them, you, you would probably, you know, win that bet. So I'm expecting the Lakers to be back in the finals. Yeah. I think the only thing that can hold the Lakers back is the Lakers – like if they run into the same issue that the Nets have had last season where you get into the playoffs and like Anthony Davis or LeBron gets hurt and then yeah. now you're in a weird limbo because your backups are not as good as other teams' backups because your your team is so top-heavy. So it gets interesting. Like like a, a Westbrook-Ellington... Carmelo, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard lineup is drastically different than when you switch Melo and LeBron, Melo and LeBron James, or like Melo instead of Anthony Davis, but you have LeBron James starting at the small forward. So like, there's a drastic difference. So we'll see. Yeah. And we talked about the Lakers and everything in previous pods. So we're going to move on and we're going to go down into, I mean, we're going to go to the Windy City, Chicago. And they have operated as if they are a big market. Something I haven't seen from the Bulls in a long, long, long time. So, Chicago Bulls fans, a great offseason in in a long time. You get DeMar DeRozan, you get Lonzo Ball, you get um, Alex Caruso <laughs> off the bench. You get so much options. You improve drastically on offense. You still have Patrick Williams who can grow into being a strong two-way player. And your lineup is looking Lonzo, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic. Like that, that's that is a strong playoff team. That's yeah. If everything goes well, that's looking like fourth, fifth, 
seeding the East that around there, if everything goes right, they're coached properly. They take a hit on defense. Um, obviously, your strongest defenders on the starting lineup is Lonzo Ball and Pat Williams. Uh, so there's going to have to be a lot of, you know, thinking on what your defense is, what do you want it to be, uh, and how do you get these guys playing defense? Because a lot of this, the offense doesn't really seem too much of a problem. Like, you get one of the best isolation scorers in the game in DeMar DeRozan. He's grown as a playmaker, can take pressure off of Zach Levine. Lonzo Ball will elevate Zach Levine, especially in transition. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun team on offense, but I, there's there's question marks defensively with this team, and that's going to be the biggest thing uh, we see next season. That you know, what what do they do there? Are they are they going to be respectable? So, what do you think about the Chicago Bulls? I think I'm. I'm not as concerned about their defense as you are right now. I think I think Lonzo Ball is a really good defender who can defend the first three positions, like the wing and guards. And I think he's because he's long, he's built up some muscle. He's he's not an elite defender, but he's an above average average defender. I think we've seen that Levine has. Uh, he's Levine in the right shown, position. Yeah, he's shown. He's shown potential, he's shown potential on, def- on the defensive side of the ball. And you saw that last year and like you watch the Olympics and you see it even more. And I think if you put him in a position where he doesn't have to be 100% of the offense – maybe he can be 80% of the offense and 20% on defense, and he can spread it out a little bit. DeMar DeRozan, I don't expect anything on him on defense because he really hasn't been that since, like, early Toronto. But he's suitable. And then Patrick Williams is a really good defender, so I'm not as worried as their defense. And then Alex Crusoe off the bench, good defender. So... I think what I'm concerned about is their lack of depth in the as as like bigs. Like their starting lineup, really good. Their bench guards with White and Caruso, really good. Who who's after that? They got Tony Bradley. That's that's about it. Denzel uh, Valentine, Tony Brown Jr. Like Tony, Tony Brown Jr. is good. Hey, as a backup center not eye popping but he's at least serviceable and i think that's kind of what you just live with i guess yeah so i i want to see if they add something there yeah and another thing like what happens to kobe white i mean he was brought in thinking to be like the point guard of this team that really hasn't panned out. He's been inconsistent as a scorer and playmaker, and it just doesn't seem like him and Levine as a backcourt like coexist. Like two ball, like I wouldn't say ball dominant. Zach Levine could play off ball, but I would say like two guys whose 
geared towards scoring. Uh, and then one of them is kind of inconsistent. You know, I think, you know, having Lonzo now, much better backcourt with Zach and Kobe yeah. White can transition more into being a six-man. Maybe he's trade bait. But I, I think that if give Kobe a six-man role, he gets the scoring opportunities he wants. Alex Caruso with him in the backcourt, underrated as hell as a defender. Yeah, I, I don't know why Denzel Williams is still in the league, but you know what? Sure. I know that sounded harsh, but I, I don't. Wait, who did you say? Have much Denzel Valentine. You don't like you don't like Denzel Valentine. I don't have much positive things. No, I, I don't. <laughs> I, okay. I, it, it, it sounds messed up saying it, but. I don't. So I'm going to just yeah. leave it at that. Uh, they're basically getting rid of Laurie Markin, and it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe they um sign and trade him. Maybe they get more assets. Maybe they get a big. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I like the direction the Chicago Bulls team this Bulls team need because they, they need something because it's been looking for a while. Like They have no direction. And you want to make Zach Levine happy because he is a damn, damn good scorer on all yeah. three levels. It, so, we're talking like James Harden type scoring. Oh, I know that's, we went, we that's went a there. strong claim. Yeah, but that's my confidence in Zach Levine as a as a scorer. He's that damn good, and you don't let that damn good score go. So you make him happy. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think I think with the Kobe White situation, it's interesting because they're both like Levine and him clearly didn't work. But the reason why they didn't work is because they're both not creators for others and they're not extremely good on the defensive end. So you know what they the Bulls did is they signed two guard defenders to pair with them in their starting backcourt and their bench backcourt. And I think that was a really good move. Lonzo obviously being the, he's one of the, I don't know how to phrase it. The highest IQ basketball players in the NBA. Like he's up there, especially at the guard position. Like he's one of those really good basketball IQ guys. So he makes Levine a lot better. DeMar DeRozan a lot better. He's going to make the team better. And then Caruso is just, he doesn't have that level of IQ, but he's a great, tough defender who can be a playmaker, but he's not going to take a lot of shots. And that allows like Kobe White to just pretty much go out there and J.R. Smith it every night. And I think I think that's what, that's Kobe White's going to be a role. When he's hot, he's going to be getting 30 minutes off the bench with like, 23 points a night if he's cold you're not going to be very impressed but if he's hot he's going to be cooking it's but crazy. It, okay, go ahead. i was gonna say jordan clarkson like that's that's gonna be his role like the spark plug offense on a possible playoff team that's not bad 
it's not. And hopefully he can he can be consistent in that role. I was just gonna say like it's funny because when I was scouting Kobe White, it was like like his rookie year. When he was getting minutes, like he was thriving with those minutes. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of went backwards. Like I feel like Yeah. He had a role, but he wasn't performing up to expectations. Um, now you kind of have to put him in a six-man role. It, it can go so many ways because he can either fall flat being a six-man and just not really go to that. I, I feel like he's more like geared towards a six-man, but maybe he just needs another creator in that backcourt next to him off the bench. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know who that is unless because they uh, same thing with the heat. Maybe they rested DeMar DeRozan earlier then maybe they pair White and DeMar together or yeah. White and Vucevic or, or something along those lines. Cause, cause they have tons of ball handlers, tons of ball handlers, yeah. tons of playmaking. It, it, that, that's, <laughs> Their biggest weakness has now turned into a crazy strength for this team. Uh, oh yeah, Vucevic, Lonzo, Zach, and Demar, like that—that's some strong playmaking. So a that's lot of not offensive options. Exactly. So I really like this Bulls team. Um, obviously, there you said, and I agree. The the concerns of the bench, and we'll just have to see how that goes. Anything else you would say on the Bulls? I. I like what they did. They have a really good like top eight. Like that's that that's what I look at. Like a good team has a good top eight. Like a good playoff team. You and like Valentine? well, it's just talking about Tony Bradley as the eighth. Like I don't love it, but it works. You also have like it could be a rotation with like Felicio and you got moving parts. And I and I don't hate it. So. I like it. I like Kobe White. He he he, he was never supposed. Yeah, Co- Kobe White was never supposed to be a point guard. Like he's never been a solid playmaker. He's just a really good combo guard. Like he's more of a two than anything. And now guy. he can be. Now he can be that. that that's good. So moving on to the sh- moving off the Chicago Bulls, and we're gonna get into an interesting team, um, the New York Knicks, the Knickerbockers, the New York yeah. Knicks. Yeah. They had a, a pretty. At first, it was kind of confusing free agency, but I think I've kind of like softened up to it. This is your team. Would you like to start off with your New York Knicks and your your thoughts on them? I don't know. Like, Kemba Walker is a great signing. I love that. They needed a playmaking guard because they literally didn't have one. Like, the, no offense to Rose, but he was their best guard. And, like, no one after that was even close to as good like best point guard. And so I like that they got Kemba. He's a good playmaker. He's going to be, I don't want to say that he's the number one option on this team, 
but he's at least a one B like you saw, we saw, we all saw the shortcomings of Julius Randle in the playoffs. And I think that they, they kind of just, he was really good at making tough shots all year. And now that, and then he didn't make tough shots and the offense really struggled. And I think Kemba Walker is now someone who can help Randall take better shots because there'll be more floor spacing and all that stuff, but also can make his own shot. Like Kemba Walker probably isn't going to play any back-to-backs, but he's going to be consistent enough to be good. And I think I really like that. Evan Fournier is just an other guard who can score and you kind of saw that in the in the olympics and even with the magic like when he's given the ball and he has the ball in his hands he's a great shooter he's a great creator he's just a really good guard well two guard and i think like the those moves are good and then keeping rose and burks and noel the whole idea of your top eight needs to be good. I think I think the Knicks could go 10 deep and I'd be fine. Cause you go Rose, quickly, Burks, Obi, and Noel, and I'm happy. And then you even have like Grimes, Knox, Gibson as like your 13, what, eleven through thirteen. Like I'm I'm fine with that. So we'll they they can go like twelve deep and I'm and it's pretty good. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox isn't good, but if Kevin Knox is your twelfth man on your bench, you're happy. What is y'all doing with Frank Nilliki? <laughs> I think he's gone. Bro. Yeah, I think they. <laughs> I I don't think they offered him a qualifying offer. <laughs> you know what? You can't really blame the Knicks in that draft because Uzi Lib. You can't? I don't think so. Because Uzi Lib between at their spot, like Frank, Dennis Smith Jr., Malik Monk. I mean, you had Donovan Mitchell, but was this scouting really strong for him at that time? It started to pick up like near draft. Donovan Mitchell was weird. His yeah, draft he had a year weird was scouting. weird. He was a weird scouted player. Oh, yeah. I can't blame the Knicks in that draft no more. <laughs> but uh, but I, they, I don't know. Yeah. But I do like their free agency. They they signed back Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, Derek Rose. They let go of Reggie Bullock. Went to the Mavericks. Three years, 30 mil still seems like too much for him, but... I still can't believe that. I'm not going to get into that with this team because I'm already frustrated with them. But, you know, the Knicks basically said, you know, let's run it back with who we got. We got a good core. You upgrade getting Evan Fournier, who could score from three, from mid-range, also at the rim. He's a shot creator. Um, Playmaking is decent, best suited as a secondary playmaker. The defense is average. Uh, Tibbs usually gets the best out of his players So on the defensive end, so 
that's really not too much of a worry. Maybe a Kemba Walker for like how much now? Like it's it's not like even eight. A lot. Yeah, it's, it's eight mil. Yeah, like one year, eight million. He gets to come home and play for his hometown team. I think it's from the Bronx, actually, though. But I mean, it's New York. Let it rock. Yeah, it's New York. So, so he comes to play for his hometown team. How how fun is that? You get Kemba Walker, and, and you don't even have to pay him big time money. That's fun. It's good. You know, Kemba Walker is not like this great defender. He's more like a he's a miniature guard. He's gonna draw charges. He's gonna give some effort, but mostly because he's a smaller guard and you know kind of frail as a guard it kind of hurts him but he gives you additional shot creation big plus so it doesn't always have to be you know uh tailwind derrick rose and julius randall creating all the shots which they struggled heavily with in the playoffs so this next team upgraded tremendously yeah i think there was i I was kind of confused because you know I wasn't so certain about the backcourt defense, but looking at it, Tibbs is a pretty damn good coach, and he's going to get his players to play their hearts out. Like, he was getting some good minutes out of Nate Robinson. Five, nine, five, eight, Nate Robinson back in Chicago. Like, so, so I'm more confident about this next team this go around, but also it depends on, you know, Kemba Walker and if he's healthy and all that but yeah not a really good squad going here i I was gonna say that the defense doesn't bother me as much because of mitchell Mm -hmm. robinson and noel like because they're such good defenders that they they they're like sweepers like if someone if like kemba decides not to play defense for a little bit and someone drives past them i'm very confident that noel and Mitchell Robinson, who are like two of the best shot blockers in the NBA based off blocking averages, are going to do their job. Like that's what they're there for. So they can cover for all the weaknesses that the guard defense doesn't have. And I think that that's really good. The issue is going to be like perimeter players, like people who can hit you in the – just guards who can beat you in the mid-range and three and – that'll be the 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 weakness of that backcourt on defense but i think i think one thing that you said that i was trying to talk about was that last year their point guard was julius randall pretty much like he was the he initiated the offense and now he's the third option on that and i think that's good like that's no knock on julius randall i'm saying as a as a ball handler, he is now the third option ball handler. You have Evan Farnia and Kemba over him so for sure. Weird worded weirdly. What do you mean? I mean, he does sacrifice ball handling duties, but okay, I, I understand what you mean. Like Julius Randle was bringing the ball up the court a lot last year. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be doing that anymore, and I think that's really good because now he can just get to his spots and work. And Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker can get the ball to him 
in those spots where he's a little more open because he doesn't have to dribble to those spots. And I think that's what is, that's going to be the best part of it, that even though Julius Randle will be the first option on offense, or at least one B in my mind, because I still think Kemba and Fournier, or at least one of them should be over him. He at least doesn't have to be the primary playmaker. No, it's not. It's not like, I'm not talking bad about him. It's just, he would, he's, Fournier is an elite, not an elite scorer, but an above average scorer. And so is Julius Randle. And like, I'm, I'm okay with them switching roles in that. Kemba Walker is a really good scoring guard. And I think having him do his job and just let him be offensively gifted, that'll be good. And just let Julius Randle be that second option and that third option ball handler. So like, it takes a lot of pressure off of Julius Randle. I think that's good. What do you think of Emmanuel quickly now? Get Ken Walker, D Rose, Burks, Fournier. The guard spot is looking kind of tough now. Like, is there still a role for quickly? I would hope so. Who was your draft pick again? Was it uh, Quentin was it Grimes? Grimes right? Quentin Grimes. Yeah. And in, and another one. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but Quentin, Quentin Grant. So what confused me was that I felt like Quentin Grimes was just like a bigger version of Emmanuel quickly. And that kind of confused me a little bit. Cause like Emmanuel, I love Emmanuel quickly. He's a good player. He's not really a passer or creator. He's kind of just like a scorer. So like, where does he fit in? Like, do you play? Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, I'm trying to think out, like, their bench five, right? I, I think that might be where that's, it is. That's that's a take for you. Him, Toppin. Um, no, I think they keep Toppin. I think t- Toppin will be like, so, so this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. You have Walker. Fournier, Barrett, Randall, Robinson, right? Like that's your starting five. Your replacements for each one is Derek Rose, Quickly, Burks, Toppin, Noel. And they all are similar play style. So if someone gets hurt in the starting rotation, your game plan really doesn't have to change too much because everybody's kind of interchangeable. And I think that's interesting like they they have players that are easily replaceable by like their their backups you know what i mean yeah so i think that's i think that's good i also think that the team lacks versatility like there's they have these ways that they can play and there's not many there's not much wiggle room like and I think that might be an issue if the team does make the playoffs again, which they probably will, because it's a, it's a good roster. I just kind of saw a, a bit more better now. I think the versatility question was more of a bigger concern last season than this season. Oh yeah, but I don't think I don't think they improved. Like, 
what would what would be a versatile lineup that they could have like I feel like they're pretty they're pretty their roster's pretty rigid like there's no uniqueness about it and I think that's where it's a it's standard weird. it's a standard modern day offense where you have you know shot blocking defensive big and you know shot creators and shooters it's i'm i'm just saying that they're probably going to run into the same issue of in their playoffs how can they adapt Uh-oh. and evolve okay they they don't have a roster to change their roster is going to be rigid and they're going to play this style and if they don't find success playing that style it might not work and in a seven game series every series you need to evolve and change because you're playing the same team every night and they're eventually going to figure out your strengths and weaknesses and those will be exploited and i think that's i think that's i think that's as versatile as they can get with a stretch lineup where you have walker rose or quickly uh fournier barrett and randall that that would be as versatile as they could get or they could go big and lack offense with mitchell mitchell noel randall quickly and like rose and that's like your defensive line no yeah that would be your half court we're gonna grind it out Grizzly Memphis Grizzlies from the olden days with like yeah, Tony Allen. Twenty one, man. No, but I think. No, I think you. I think you could. Against the right team. There is no right team. Mm, I I think you could run it up against like, the Bucks. I don't think you would win, but because the Bucks can play so big, that you could force them into that. Anyway, th- th- this is getting way too crazy. I'm just saying that I like what they did. I think it improves the team. I don't think this changes the results. It, it answers more. It answers a lot of, question, of questions on offense, which was yeah. a weakness of yours. Um, where I think me and you agree with is on the defensive end because y'all basically had no answer whatsoever for Trey Young. There was no sort of answer. There's still um, no answer. That, that's that's basically your main yeah, I don't not truly confident that there still is an answer for Trey yeah. Young. You need him in the playoffs but you at least have the talent that you can lean more towards. So those Julius Randle post fadeaway misses don't detrimentally hurt you like you yeah. can go more utilizing Kemba and Evan Fournier like it's a team effort to stop Trey Young but a, a biggest thing that really hurt you guys more was that you had no one outside of Julius Randle and Derrick Rose you basically needed MVP Rose to get get you a win or yeah you in the game and now you don't, you don't have... really need that, and he doesn't need to do that. So, no, I understand what you say, but at the same time, I still feel like they're in a better position now 
they they solve questions with the Fournier and Kemba signing because there's okay. there was a lot of times of Julius Randle had the ball in his hands and it, it didn't look good with all those misses. Those misses start to dwindle down now. Okay, are they a home court advantage playoff team? Uh, I would say the East got better. Um, they can certainly flow around four to seven. Then again, yeah. I need to check the Eastern Conference again because I do feel like the Chicago Bulls now are a playoff contending team. Uh, the Miami Heat are much more better equipped this time around to challenge the East and be a home court advantage team. You have the Bucks. Hawks Mets, will be the Hawks. The Hawks, exactly. I feel they Celtics. have playoff. Sure. If you have Tatum and Jalen Brown, you have a chance. Yeah. That's pretty sure. much what it is. I'm I'm not all too there with the Celtics, but I'm not either, as I said, but sure. <laughs> but yeah, they're another team in there. Like the East got better now with you know these teams. Like there's obviously those little pleb teams like Hornets. Washington and Charlotte. Cleveland, I guess, if they figure out who they truly are as a team. They got Mobley, so you know. Pistons, then, if you want to throw Cleveland in there. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, so, I think I see them as a playoff team. The Knicks are a playoff team. I just, they're in that 5-8 to eight range to me. Like, they're either going to be fighting to play against the Nets or like the Bucks and be out in the first round, or they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Like, I think that's where they are. The only way I see this Knicks team getting like going down is if teams start shooting better from three against them. Cause yeah. with a lot of threes last season, in the name of protecting the rim. Those three start to fall down like the Miami Heat experience and the Milwaukee Bucks experience, then, yeah, I, I can see this team losing games. Um, I still feel like they did a better job closing out on three-point shots, but obviously it's not going to be perfect all the time. So maybe those three-point shots that weren't falling last season against them, they start falling this season could very well happen and it can yeah. be a major catalyst in them losing games. So, you know, that, that's an option. I think they're better than last year and that's good. They're, it's a step in the right direction. I love Fournier. I love Walker. Good signings. I can't wait for their actual season to start. I just don't know if they move the needle enough to be like, I'm confident they're going to win a first-round series. Hey, like, That's where I'm at. You were the best defensive team in the league. Yeah. Like, the lowest you'll probably drop is, I would say, eight at worst. I agree, yeah. Hey, if it's a major drop, damn, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. But Tibbs is a – damn good defensive coach so i really don't see that happening and plus you were one of the worst 
bad offensive teams, now you get more of a boost. So you should be around that 10 to 15 range, which major boost. That's a playoff team. Yeah. You, you can get to the second round like that. Yeah. Like, so. with, with health. With health, they could be there, – there's a chance, and if – they need to not play the top three in the first round. Like Still I think they would. <laughs> no, yeah, but I think I think they 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 could have a chance against the Heat, the Hawks, like maybe even the Seventy Sixers. But like they have a chance against those teams, and I, I think it'll be interesting. Like if they're in that six to five range, I could see them making an effort because they're they're a grinded out team and i think yeah they'll be good i agree so finish our next talk Are there really any other teams we, we need to look on um i mean you got those mickey mouse teams like the teals and kings that really they didn't do anything though yeah I did like the Jazz edition of, of Rudy Gay and getting an Eric Pascal. I'm iffy on the Hassan Whiteside signing, but I guess Golden State Warriors. I like what they did. They got spacing. Bunch oh, of space. they had a they had a great one. A great offseason. Yeah. Didn't get you know a Kawhi Leonard, but they they got like a good team to go around Steph. So it's not like he's getting double teamed twenty four seven. He has to chuck up a shot that he'll he'll probably make, but it's not heavily guarded and tough shots. Yeah, and he Thompson coming back, which is a plus. Yeah, so I I think I think the Warriors definitely had a uh, a really good like free agency. Like they added pieces. That they needed like they got they got that power forward that was on the kings last year with a b bit vincia you know what i'm talking about there we go there we go thank you i was destroyed my baths <laughs> yeah belitza's solid otto porter jr solid i can't believe that he signed a vet minimum with the warriors out of all teams I really wanted him on the Nets. Perfect team for him, though. I mean, like he could have, he would have had the same role on the Nets. Nets Are good. Stop. But I mean, like, I need it all. I need there to be no. Are you insecure about Kevin Durant? Oh, I'm definitely not. I triggered something. I triggered something. (laughs) You're definitely not insecure about Kevin Durant. Okay. I'm insecure is. I don't know. I don't know. I like it though. Like, bro, like, if I'm looking at their depth chart, right? Steph Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Green, and I guess Looney, because Wiseman's going to be out. But then off the bench, Poole, Igadala, Kaminga, Porter Jr., Moody, and Belitza. Like, that's like your next five. I'm excited about that. Like you, you, you play Bellalita and Porter Jr. and Andre Igalog. Hmm. Why not? Well, 
start building to that power forward and have Draymond run center or something like that. They really love Looney. They really, they really love more spacing. Yeah, you you see, Warriors don't have an issue with spacing because if you have last season, they did. Well, no, but I'm saying with Clay Thompson. With Clay Thompson, oh, there's gonna be spacing now, and Wiggins is a good enough shooter that it's okay. But I think I think like when you pair up Porter Jr., uh, Belalitsa, and um, Andre Iguodala with Poole, Moody, and Kaminga, I think that's really good. You 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 blend like the young with the old coming off the bench. Yeah. I think that it'll be a good learning experience for like the three up-and-coming players for the Warriors. I wish Wiseman was there because I think he would have – He there would be a lot less on his shoulders this season, and I think he would be able to thrive in that. Because of Clay Thompson, there'd be a lot more spacing for him to roam the paint. And the Steve Kerr kind of gave in to the pick-and-roll offense later in the season with – Stephen Curry and Green, and I think that Wiseman would have success in a pick and roll offense with Curry, especially with Wiggins and Clay on the court. And, you learn and how Green, to roll. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Wiseman's weird. He needs to just Curry needs to lock him in a gym with a trainer. Probably throw Draymond Green in there and just. Just run basketball all day. Probably run the whole yep. team and just have them run a whole bunch of basketball. There's been, look, the talent is there. The potential the talent is, is there. there. But he's so raw as a player. Like he just he just needs like reps, man. That's, and like the last I'm time he really played before this season was in high school. So like jumping from high school to the NBA is kind of crazy. And you could see that. Like, dude just needs NBA reps. And he didn't get that. So, I think this, if he was here this season, if he was healthy for the full season, he would have gotten a lot more NBA reps with a lot less on his shoulders because Clay and Curry would be the guys and Green and Wiggins. And he would just need to take like a backseat and do a job. And that's it. They don't really have to like rush him back, though. I want to say, like, oh, like, yeah, no, no, I'm not saying that. So they can they can take their time with him. I mean, no. they can certainly, you know, run a lot of Draymond at center. And now they have, you know, players that can make you pay from three and you don't have to double step. I think that's the biggest thing now. And you just hope that everyone yeah. is just healthy. Like this is, I would say, a playoff team. A really playoff team. Probably won't go too far in the playoffs or championship level team, but they at least get back to that and, and can make some noise. West is crazy. West is crazy. No one is no one is safe in the West. So, I don't know. But I I, I really like their move. You reminded me that my Mavs are there. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if this team don't make playoffs. <laughs> Ooh, that's a how you. Ooh, okay. How you feel? 
you okay over there? You really wouldn't be surprised if that team made the playoffs. If didn't make the playoffs. West is so cool, man. It is. I'm seeing like the Timberwolves can explode at like any moment they can take off because they have the talent to do so. Like Pelicans. Pelicans, yes. Um I think there's there's three teams you don't need to be worried about. And that's the Kings, the Thunder, and the Rockets. Every everybody else can be a playoff team. I guess so. But which like, is which like is good. Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown, which I'm not saying are bad players. Like I like no. the fit on this team. But if they are your main free agents, I am expecting Kristaps Porzingis to look like your man, Kevin Durant. I'm oh hoping he comes back next season looking like the second coming of Kevin Durant. That's how good – that's what I'm more looking forward to than this free agency because that, that's a need. We, we need a legit second guy. And yeah. Reggie Bullock, Sterling Brown, that's the highlight. You didn't do anything in the draft. You re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. Sure. <laughs> sure. We re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. Sure. He did play. He did ball out. Sure. Basically the same team as last season, really. Yeah. He got rid of Josh Richardson. They were hyped because they signed Boban Marjanovic, who – I'm sorry. He's soft as a player. He's just too nice of a guy. It's not even his personality. It's his play on the court. Well, I mean, he's, he's struggling he's, to, to, to finish inside or hit a jump hook over a smaller defender. Like, he's like, just too nice to be that aggressive, man. He's just such a sweetheart. He's such a kind I, heart, I don't know man. what it's with this team with having these big dudes and they're just soft, but I'm gonna let it rock. I don't. No, I can't let it rock. But I'm getting. Into my rant. I'm getting into my rant. I'm getting into my rant and something that I shouldn't do. Something I shouldn't do. <laughs> Trade I, for I'm Ben trying. Simmons, bro. No, we don't need Ben Simmons, man. It's the second ball handler. He will be. <laughs> oh, bro! It's it's the Curry. It's the Curry Draymond Green, man, but Simmons Doncic. Doncic. Not going names. Simmons Luca. That doesn't excite you? Simmons Luca KP. That's your big three right there, bro. You don't love it? No, not really. (laughs) My my hope is maybe they're planning something for 2020 or the trade deadline because this offseason has been way too quiet. They said yeah. we're not in on Goran Dragic, which, okay, fine, I guess. But, like, what's, what's the moves, man? Like, I'm looking at Travis Slank and Atlanta Hawks, and they're building a damn good team around Trey Young. In just one season. I mean, they have 
they've hit on all their draft picks. You guys really. were draft pick. I mean, they hit on their draft picks, but they need they, they still need development. Cameron Reddish, DeAndre Hunter needs still needs to develop. Yeah, but we know what their future is. DeAndre Hunter was really good this season before he got hurt. Cam Reddish has a role as your seventh man off the bench who's a shot maker and a defender. Even like if you want to go the redhead pistol, forgot his name. Damn. Kevin Herter? Kevin Herter. Him, like that's a draft pick that's hit. That's his name. John Collins. Yeah, it's something like that. Red redhead shooter, something like that. Because he's just a redhead. No, but I'm saying like those are really good draft picks that like have worked out. They fit the team. What have you guys done? What has been your successful draft pick to build for Luca or around Luca? This team exactly. is so strange that we take undrafted talent and we develop them better than drafted talents. And so that's, ever. <laughs> that's the thing is that they have surrounded like Trey, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, John Collins, Kevin Herter, all draft picks. The only person that plays a role that they didn't draft is Rudy Gobert East, Clint Capella. So, like, they built a team. You guys haven't built anything. You just have Luka. Y'all need to build something. And then Luka is so good that you guys can't even build anything because he's going to drag your team to the playoffs every year. So, like, you can't do anything with that. See, I'm glad we have our pick this year. If anything happens to Luka... This team is D-O-N-D done. Yeah. Done. If, if, if Luka misses and I don't like that Luka played this I'm season. I'm not happy Luka played in the Olympics. Why? He cooked. He has a hurt wrist now, right? Beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But beautiful. as I said, if anything happens to Luka, this team is in the lottery. He, Straight to the lottery. Uh, and, you're and, worse and I'm not than the lottery. You're like top eight bro your your team outside of Luca is not really that good and I know that's not a surprise to you but that's the that that's the thing is that like let, let, let's look at this that's what I'm saying KP gotta become Durant man like bro like I'm hoping you looking like Durant. that's the that's the that's the that's the biggest thing like that's the one thing I have to look forward to. Because if that doesn't happen, we're just going to be out in the first round again. Yeah. If if, if, Lu- if Luka misses like half the season, you guys are done. Because your replacements would be Jalen Brunson and Trey Burke. Like your team would be good. May- maybe 10th pick. Eighth pick is speaking a little, a little mean. 10th pick. No, you're not mean, dude. Look, I love this team, but I'm gonna be damn hard on them because they have done nothing. They've done nothing. Yeah. Luke, Luke I, is the what guy. What am I supposed to say? Yeah. What am I supposed to say? I'm supposed to be happy that we got Boban who's just gonna ride the bench. 
Yeah, pretty supposed much. to be happy that we didn't get a ball handler, which we damn need because you play Luca so many minutes as the ball handler, more time as him tired, and then you don't really have another guy to go to in the playoffs, which means Luca may have a bad game or, you know, you're just relying on one guy. So, which I don't like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I say this time and time again, this is the 2016, 2017 Rockets. They're fun to watch, but they're not a championship contender. They're the 2016, 2017 Rockets when they need to be the 2017, 2018 Rockets. They need Chris Paul. They need a Chris Paul, which is why I wish they got Kyle Lowry, but that didn't happen. Damn. I wonder who you can get that could be equal. Because you don't need Chris Paul. You need no, no. You need someone who fits that role because, like, Chris Paul was the best. I don't want to say best version because I didn't like him on the Rockets. Like, he made the team better, but he wasn't the best Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Chris Paul on the Rockets, man. It was probably like he wasn't the best version of Chris Paul. Do you know what I mean? Okay, because they had to play a different. Their whole thing with the Rockets was their main threat. And the main, they had to play so different because of that Warriors team. Your boy, Kevin Durant. They had to play all types of different basketball because their goal is to beat that stacked, godly team. Yes. But all through the season, they ran through everyone. And when they got to the Warriors, a little bit of sloppy play, a little bit of trying to figure it out. They almost figured it out. He got injured and boom. That Rockets so, team almost got to the finals, even with that Warriors team, which James Harden still doesn't get credit for, and that gets me mad. Damn, I'm going on the rant. <laughs> I'm, I'm just more saying that... Okay, maybe I do agree with you. I still don't think it's... I, don't, I still don't think it's the best version of Chris Paul. I still don't... I still don't think that. Because I think Suns Chris Paul and Clippers Chris Paul was... Chris Paul with the ball in his hand is still one of the best players at that. And I think him and James Harden dividing it up. And even though James Harden is maybe not as good as Chris Paul with the ball in his hand as a playmaker, but is still on that level or close. Like if there's a tier, them two are close to the same tier. Like they're the top of the pack of shot creators and playmakers with like LeBron James Chris Paul, James Harden, like those are the elites, right? When you have two of those elites, it's hard to share the ball. And it's even harder when one of your elites isn't really good off ball. And that's James Harden. I think if you were to have like someone lesser than Chris Paul with games go like that though. What's this okay. thing though? All right, I get it. He's more of a spot-up shooter than Cutter. Fine. But you still he's still an off-ball guy in terms of you have to respect his spot-up shooting. Yeah, he's not but like dude, an you, all-around but, off-ball guy though. He's not a No, cutter, but but he no, but even like beyond that, like even possessions, he would just stand there for 20 seconds in the same spot and like hover around like 6 feet and that's it. Okay. Right, there was no fair. off ball movement. And I think if Luca was to get a other playmaking guard, he would need to at least 
move more than six feet in a possession. And I think the, the issue is that like, yes, gravity plays a role. I love shooting gravity. It's one of my favorite things in basketball right now. It's awesome. The Nets are elite at that. James Harden is elite at that, but he could be even better if he would move 10 feet. Imagine all the spacing. And I think that's the issue. What about Dame Lillard, Trey Young? Like you could say that about okay. a lot of players, though. But, but we're talking, we're talking specifically about that Rockets team, right? Trey Young and Damian Lillard don't have a secondary play handler where they have to share that time with. Maybe Damian Lillard with CJ, but CJ is so good off ball and at moving that it really doesn't matter that Damian Lillard is so bad at it. But when you have Chris Paul and James Harden who are only moving like six feet without the ball in their hands. It doesn't work. So you need if they need to make it work with Luca. Like I think getting Gorgon Dragic would be amazing because he's great off ball. And I think, and they know how to play with each other. And I think having a friend on the team would unlock something in Luca where he can be, more mobile than James Harden when James Harden was with Chris Paul. You know what I mean? See, the thing with Goran Drogic, this is what another team that makes me mad is the Raptors. They don't want to waive him, which is smart. He's on a one-year deal, and you might as well have him as a a veteran guy to back up whoever their point guard is, Fred VanVleet, if they play him there or whatever. Yeah. But they – they, they seem to be all out because they didn't want to pay Goran Dragic that money. But I'm just saying, like, it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal. Just just trade for the guy or do whatever you can to get the guy. It's a one-year deal. Like, sacrifice a Trey Burke. We don't care about a Trey Burke. Like, he hasn't been relevant since the bubble. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, I guess the biggest yeah. thing of the offseason was getting rid of Josh Richardson. <laughs> I I like Josh Richardson, but Miami, Miami him really tricked everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I don't know. I think I, I, I totally agree. Like Gorgon Dragic kind of like if he gets bought out or like find a way to trade for him, because I don't think you're gonna need to trade that much for him. I think he's a perfect fit for you guys just as a he knows how to play off ball he knows how to play with the ball he's a good friend of Luca it just it seems perfect well it's seeming more likely when Scoron's contract expires he's he's going to be a maverick it's it's going to happen sometime soon he said he wants to play with Luca like that that's been something fantasized ever since Luca came into the league, like a Goron Luca parent. My fear is that Goron is just getting older now, and we're not going to get like the the true Goron Dragic experience because you know we don't want to get him. But yeah, I think getting him later in his career will suck. Yeah, compared to if you can get him now, that will be good. Let's wrap that up. Is there any other team we haven't we we need to cover? 
feel like we covered the, the, the big teams, you know? Well, like all the big moves, like, yeah, I feel like that's about it. Like I'm trying to look at the standings and like imagine what teams did. Celtics didn't do much. Wizards got Dinwiddie, which is cool. It's a yeah, lesser. Ver- I guess hmm? you're not really fearing them. I mean, like they're a play-in team. That, that's about it. Sure. That that that's that's what they are. And uh, Suns got Javale McGee. I feel bad for the Suns because if they would have had Javale McGee. During the playoffs, maybe they would have won the NBA Finals, but uh, yeah. Pacers are under the radar team. What did they do? New coach. I mean, I mean, that's like they a, signed a Corey Craig. Um, made a they couple. Did, I think they did get Tony Craig. Like this is gonna be a new Pacers team going into next season, and I feel like you know. They didn't make the playoffs last year, but maybe they can do it this time around. They have Karis LeVert, who, when healthy, is a really good player. You know, yeah. Brogdon, Sabonis, TJ Warren. Solid, solid squad that can get into the playoffs. They re-signed TJ McConnell. Love TJ McConnell. So, how about yeah. them Pacers? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think they're in the Wizards section. They'll probably be like, huh? You think they're better? I think they're better because they have a new coach. And if TJ Warren can stay healthy, like maybe they can be like, like I see them as the six, seven, eight. That. That's where that's yeah. where they're gonna fall. And yeah, like they have a lot of good players, a lot of good trade bait players. Yeah. They put up for sale, but they're kind of being stingy. They're like they're like a team of really good role players. Oh, I would say. How would I phrase this? Like, like all at their, their best, they can be a, a team that can get far into the playoffs without that true superstar. Yeah, like like the Atlanta Hawks in like 2016 or something. Yeah, all their role players are borderline superstars. No, all their best players are like borderline superstars, but you would still be like, eh, I would prefer them as a role player, but they're good enough to be borderline all-stars and superstars. Like Sabonis, Brogdon, Lavert, Warren, Turner, they're all really good players and they could in the right situation be all-stars. But it's most likely that they'll be role players with like one or two all-star appearances. Like Sabonis has been in the all-star game a couple times. And I love Sabonis. He's an amazing player. Are you going to run your whole offense through him? Is he going to be that main guy every down, time down the court? Like he is for the Pacers, but for a better team that would want to win a championship, I don't I don't know if he's that. It's bonus. 
And the main thing I'm kind of concerned with is the Sabonis and um, Turner pairing. Like, yeah. is that a good long-term fit? Like, do you, like, buy in and put Sabonis at center? Or, like, what do you do there? I like it better than Simmons and Embiid, but, you know. Oh, here we go. Look, keep Simmons... Run Simmons, Andre Drummond pick and rolls, and you got a chip Aww. on your hand. That is beautiful. Let's move on. I can't, why hey, you I could put Matisse Steibel as like a double screener too, and you could spice Oh it. my God. They going to run into each other, roll into the rim. <laughs> oh man. Andre Drummond, man. What a guy. I don't want to talk about that. All right. I really so don't. I really don't want to talk about Andre Drummond. <laughs> We're going to wrap up free agency for today. Maybe we'll dive into more later on. Because free agency, free agency, there's still more to go. So we'll probably dive more like later on in the month or so. But let's get into some NFL talk. You know? NFL is back. We had our first preseason game that we're going to get into in a bit, but uh, one of our first topics was Carson Wentz and the Indiana, the Indianapolis Colts. God, I always butcher their name. <laughs> but there, there's concerns now with Wentz. He has a foot injury. We don't know when he's going to be back. He got it during training camp. They're saying like five to 12 weeks, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think once the Carson went to the coach down, we basically agreed that this was the move that can get them over that hump. They needed a, a really good quarterback to really get them there because they're already pretty good offensive team, pretty good defensive team. They just needed a, a few more pieces to really – get this team like to be in serious yeah um and, and there's been a lot of question marks surrounding Carson Wentz like how about his last season I want to talk about this before was his last season with the Eagles it wasn't beautiful it wasn't a perfect marriage and they ended up breaking up and shipping him off what did you feel about Carson Wentz's season last year? And how does that compare to to this season and how things will be different? Because I really think Carson Wentz is a damn good quarterback on a really good team. You surround him with pieces and he's going to do some really fine things for you. Yeah, and I think that, that was the issue with the Eagles. They had zero pieces. That team was not good. The roster was not good. And that's not speaking as a giant a biased Giants fan but but the record reflected that that team was just not good and the only reason why they won some of those games that they played like the game against the Giants was because Carson Wentz played out of his mind so I still don't understand the hate for Carson Wentz because when he's on he's on and the only reason why he's making so many stakes Mistakes is because he has no O-line in front of him and he's pretty much throwing it to players who literally were working in grocery stores like weeks earlier. So like, come on, what, what do you, what do you want Carson Wentz to do? 
It just doesn't make sense. Now he's with, you know, the Colts where I feel like it's perfect with him. He has a, a, a good system in front of him. He has way better options with the offense than he did it with the Eagles. A system uh, um, he knows already. Yeah, and a system that he knows. This man, like last season, I mean, there were points where it was just, okay, it looked like it was it was his fault. You know, the whole, his throw in motion, yeah. kind of slow, um, play out of the pocket, kind of like second guessing himself. And, you know, sometimes that happens when it's just like, damn, well, I mean, <laughs> no one's open. I mean, like when you're sacked 50 times, I would imagine you'd be second guessing yourself a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm looking at his. Wasn't that the most of his career? I think that was the most anyone was sacked last season. And he missed the last, what, quick math, four games. So, I mean, like, imagine if he played the last, maybe he would have been the most sacked quarterback in history like i would be scared i'd be looking over my shoulder like what do you expect him to do man like i i don't know and now he's about to play in front of the best o-line if quentin nelson can get healthy like with receivers that weren't working who weren't out of the nfl a couple weeks prior to being signed by the eagles like that that's cool when you have actual steady NFL talent on your roster that you could throw to. I don't know. I hate the Eagles, but the way they treated once was kind of messed up. Well, do you think they really needed to trade them? Like, yeah. do, do you have any, uh, cause obviously they, they were, they were going downhill ever since that Super Bowl win, but did you at any point have any faith that they were going to surround this man with talent? I think mean, Carson Wentz is like 28, 29, right? No, he's going to be 20. This will be his 29th season, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I don't they, – they have they, – the Eagles are in a really bad position where they tried to hold on to the Super Bowl window so much that they just overpaid for players that were on the decline. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where they're at. So, like – but then also, like if you look at if you look at the offense that the Eagles ran for Wentz and Foles, you can tell that they trust Wentz to run the offense, so they don't really run plays for him. They kind of just go Wentz, throw the ball, and these guys are just gonna run around and try to throw it to them. With Foles, they're like, all right, we're gonna do play action and dummy screens and blah 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 and have an actual system offense. With once they were kind of just like, eh, go, run, throw. Like, that was their offense. But with Foles, it was actual offense. And that was the same thing That's when they started their backup. I forgot his name. J- Jalen Hurts, Alabama. I should know that. Yeah, your boy. I, I, I really don't like him. I don't think he's that good. But, yeah, sure. He's a running back who can throw. That's cool. I mean, yeah. I'm preparing for Jalen Hurts' season. Oh, that's that's going to go downhill very quickly. And I'm excited as, again, a Giants fan. I can't Eagles wait. Eagles hate it, yeah. 
I am an Look, Eagles hater. I'm, I'm sorry. Guys, so we're rooting for each. We're rooting for each other's downfall. Like I'm rooting for Washington's downfall and the Giants. I'm rooting Eagles. for everybody's downfall. I mean, the Eagles are already down, so I don't want to kick them. They're they're already no, suffering. This, this is when you kick them. The kick Eagle them is when dead. they're down. You gotta. But make it's sure funny that you you brought up Nick. Holes because the media has been saying, Oh, my oh why don't they just sign him? Why don't they just go after him? They got a trade, and all I mean, time. they do have a guy in Jacob Easton who can, you know, who's looked to be that backup guy for Colts when they're out. I mean, for Wentz when he's out, but I don't think they should sign Nick Foles, just let Jacob no. Easton run it. I mean, they have a good enough defense to get stops, they, they have a good enough offense to where you don't really have to like carry you just yeah. have to be decent and you're good enough they, they have a solid have a run game. game yeah i i don't like i would schedule. feel no yeah they have a really rough schedule i think so what what i've read is that when they did the surgery it looked better than what they thought so the timeline is five to 12 weeks they're thinking maybe he's back like week three and he's he's the starting quarterback then. three yeah like they're thinking that he would be on the early side he would be closer to the five week side than the 12 week side yeah i understand that but week three that's kind of like soon soon like how that's like eight weeks from now bro they're they're saying it's not as severe as they thought it was and they're saying the same thing about quinn nelson where they're on the less severe side of the spectrum so if they're back if both of them are back before week five their season could be turned around very quickly yeah true but it will suck that they will be behind the ball especially with like, they're probably not going to win their division. I'm going to say that. If, if like, Wentz and Nelson aren't back before week three, it seems less likely. Just because Titans are, they improved on all of their weaknesses from last year. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just a battle between the Titans and the Colts. I mean, the Titans won it last year, but it's kind of like a, they had the same record, did they? I'm not 100% they sure, but like I can check. 11, they, yeah, they both went like 11 and 5, I believe. But They're you, both you, good you don't really have to worry about... Yeah, you don't really have to worry about the Texans or Jaguar, Jaguars. But, you know, it, I feel like it would just be a battle. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see what teams. you mean. Yeah. Where... I can see what you mean where the Titans do get that upper hand. They did get better and you know, they have more of an upper edge because, you know, the Colts and uh, Carson Wentz injury and having a tough schedule and, and all that. But I, I, I don't think this is, like, truly detrimental. Even learning about the that he can be back soon to their team. They're optimistic. Like, where do you see? Yeah, they're, hopefully he plays, like, you know, he's healthy. <laughs> yeah. But where do you see this team... Um, like, do you see this team like challenging? 
the AFC or where do you see this team going this season? With a healthy Nelson yes. and Wentz. With a healthy Nelson and Wentz, they could attempt to challenge. Because they're like... The Titans and the Colts are so evenly matched right now. Like they're both such good teams. And especially with the Titans getting better, even though they had the same record last year, yeah, they were both 11 and 5. The Titans still won... But, like, the Colts just kind of fell off. And Wentz is a massive upgrade on Phillip Rivers. Not to disrespect his career, but in the sense of last year, Phillip Rivers was definitely on the down end. And Wentz is a massive upgrade who can play in that system, which is all about throwing downfield. So, yeah, and he, yeah, he fits into that. You would, you would think that they both got equally as good where you now have AJ Brown and Julio Jones and you replace, they have no depth at wide receiver now and they lost their tight end to the Patriots and the Colts got Wentz in a replace for Phillip Rivers. So it, it kind of, it, it's, it's good. And the Colts defense was already elite top five and the Titans got a lot better on defense. With Bud Dupree, they drafted um corner out of Virginia tech maybe I, I can't remember his name damn it man what's with me and names but they got a lot Farley Farley I had to say that but uh yeah they got they just got a lot better both teams and uh I don't know man the Browns like Patriots Browns Ravens I'm gonna say I'm gonna get into it we're gonna Chiefs. get into that we're gonna no, no, no. Yeah. But you asked me, are they like contender contenders? I don't think I they're contender see, like, contenders. Yeah, your, your your overall thoughts, but like like yeah, AFC so, is pretty, pretty damn tough this year. So um this is this is what I want to call them. This is what I want to call the Colts. So in soccer, there's some you know what a nine is? You don't know what you know what a striker is in soccer? The one that scores the goals. The the guy up front who scores all the goals, right? So in soccer, that position in like, you know how like you talk about ones and fives in basketball and stuff? They're called nines as like the front man of the office. Front man of the offense. A false nine is someone who is in between, who's kind of like a creator, but a but a score and kind of plays like this middle role. Like, like that's the Colts. Like they're a false contender. They're like not contenders, but they're not not contenders. Okay. Like they're so a really good playoff this team. But the whole soccer thing. Did I still could say that they're basically middle of the pack? No, they're not middle of the pack. That's the thing. They're a lot better than middle of the pack. But you the AFC them. is so good that they they kind of just get caught up in like, damn, like it's like being in the West in the NBA, like, damn, we're we're not there, but we're really good, like. 
Okay, I see what you mean. You, you know what I mean? And like, just... I just wanted to explain the term no. false because, like, it's false but not false. It's like just a weird role. Like, the false nine is super important, but it's such a weird role that very few people can play. That's the Colts. Like, they're weird. They're in a, they're not. They're a really good team, but I don't even know if they can make the playoffs. But they're like a 10-win team. Wait. They're 17 games. They're 17 so, They're an 11-win 11, 11 team? They, they win more than 10 games, basically. They, could win, they can win more than 10 games and miss the playoffs. Which is kind of a damn screw job, man. It really, <laughs> it's like being in the West, man. Like it's crazy. I mean, that, that's how I'm, that's how I see the AFC being, too. Like yeah, damn. All right, so this is what. We're All right, let, let, let's do it. We're gonna let's... take we're gonna take a break. We're gonna take a quick. We're gonna break. take a break. Yeah, quick five minute break, and then we're gonna come back. All right. Okay. So, we'll be right back, guys. Okay. Hey, we're back. Episode nine of the play call. We just wrapped up talking about the NBA free agency. Then we dived into some Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz talk. And then now we are going full force into early Super Bowl predictions going on to next season for the NFL. Whew. 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 You want to start this? You want to start this? Sure. Go for it. Go for it. I am going to I'm going to predict uh, I don't even know if they're the best team in the NFC but they're definitely second at least I will pick the Los Angeles Rams versus the Kansas City Chiefs that will be my early prediction I think the Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC even though the all of the AFC got better, or at least all the AFC contenders, to the point where I don't know if seven draft picks will, seven playoff spots will be able to open to all of the good AFC teams. Because, like, off the top of my head, like, actual Super Bowl contenders are Bills, Patriots, Browns, Ravens, Titans. And Chiefs, like all those teams, like I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the Super Bowl. It's just that Chiefs are still the better team than everything else. They upgraded everywhere on their offensive line. I think they're going to go to more of a run game next season and see if they can become more balanced and take some of the pressure off Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is still best player in the NFL and maybe eventually going to be the best quarterback ever in history. Yeah, like the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. I don't think that changes much. A little concerned about them on defense, but I'm I'm confident that they will be middle of the pack and their offense will always be amazing. The Rams, honestly, they have some of the best top-end talent. And 
like if they stay healthy, they're going to be great. And I know that the running back just got hurt. They're starting Cam Akers just got hurt in like um, before like actual training camp started. And like that sucks. I think they have enough running depth and they have Sean McVay, who's a great offensive mind and they're, they're going to make plays Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. Like that's a great defense automatically that's a top five defense and Matthew Stafford by winning MVP bro that's that's if you want to talk about MVP like early MVP voting Matthew Stafford is gonna win MVP the leap from Jared Goff yeah bro the leap from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford is the leap from Chase Daniels to Patrick Mahomes. That's just what it is. Like it's so a quality. Like it's gonna probably be Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But if you are betting, you pick the high upside one and it's gonna be Matthew Stafford. Like Matt, if I had to bet on someone to an MVP, it's Matthew Stafford. Cause he's been arguably a top five quarterback in the NFL on one of the worst teams in the NFL. Imagine him on a good team. It's going to get crazy. So I, that, that, that's, that's what it is. Oh, and with an incredibly smart offensive mind as his head coach and play caller, there's going to bro. one of my favorite things that I've read ever is when Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, right? Who's the head coach of the Green Bay Packers? It's Matt. I get confused. There's there's two LaFleurs and it's, eh, it's too much. I'm already bad with names. Aaron Rodgers, first week with Matt LaFleur, literally goes to the press and says, I did not know players could get this open in a scheme. I'm sorry that his old head coach is now your head coach because that's not that's second not time. good. This I get it. I get it's it. A, it's a great bring up Aaron Rodgers in that, in that take. Like I get it. It's it's a great Relax. quote. Matthew Stafford is about to have the same experience. He's about to be like, what the hell is going Go on? Nowhere. And oh you talking about I'm talking about you know Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and Green Bay Packers. Going nowhere. This year, so relax yeah. yourself. I wanted to go I do somewhere like else. No, but I'm 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 just saying Matthew Stafford is gonna be very confused when he sees wide open players 40 yards down the field, and he's gonna be like, Oh, I'm allowed to throw to wide open people. That's cool. So yeah, I, I think that'll be that'll be very good for him. And Cooper Cup and Woods are elite route runners and he's about to have a field day so rams and chiefs that's gonna be one hell of a super bowl man that's gonna be like chiefs winning like 33 28 late game touchdown okay okay so (laughs) we we both agree that Kansas City Chiefs is gonna go back to the Super Bowl. Oh, you have me 
yeah. confused for a little bit during our break. I, I have the Kansas City Chiefs representing the AFC. Okay. I have for the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> okay. I'm leaving. I'm gone. Bye-bye. We're done with this. <laughs> no, I'm capping, bro. Turn into a crazy Cowboys fan. No, but I think it's just going to be a running back year. It's going to be Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers part two. The reason for that, Buccaneers had a pretty good offseason, you know? They did. They brought back all their key guys from last season, got back Antonio Brown, uh, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett. Like, they're running back team. Um, and I mean, last season was really just a, a, a let's get our feet wet type season. And that season won them a championship. So just imagine having that under your belt and going on to this season. You have one of the damn greatest quarterbacks in the game. You have one of the most diverse offenses in the game. Your defense is already set. Like, there's there's no reason why this team wouldn't be able to, you know, run it back and get there. Um, your Rams take with was was pretty interesting. Um, it is with, yeah. I mean, they are look to be like a, a Super Bowl contender, but would you put them over the Buccaneers though? I think I just want to be different at this point in time. Like I. It's a hot take. No, I, I, I get that. It's it's but a take I, that I believe in. But yeah, like the Buccaneers, I there's a world where the Buccaneers where we just run it back and it's Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, game four. Like, yeah, I could see that. I I think what I'm thinking is that the Rams are going to be different and exciting enough that they'll be able to figure it out. Like Buccaneers Rams NFC championship game is going to be awesome. But I, I definitely think that those two other front runners. I had like the Rams, um, the Seahawks 49ers around in that mix. But I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, Green Bay Packers. I think, you know, your your Giants, if everything go, goes well, I feel like they can be a team to, to really get far in the NFC. I think, I think the Giants but, are a play, just playoff team. Well. But I don't think they're – I don't think they win a playoff game. Get, you, know, you, know what, playoff. you know what I'm scared about? Wait. This, is what, this is what I'm scared about. I just like their weapons. They have no, no, no. They, they have so much on that. Okay, yeah, bro, I love it. It's great, right? Like I, 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 love the Giants. Massive Giants fan. I'm just saying that. Say they win their division, they're still. I don't think they're gonna have a better record than the other three teams that will win their division, which will be the Packers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Rams. All those teams are going to be like 14, 
13 plus wins. The Giants are maybe like a 10, 11, 12 win team, which means they're going to be four, which means that in the first round of the playoffs, they're going to have to play the Seahawks or the Saints or the 49ers. And I don't know if they're not on that level yet. I think they're going to make a competitive game and maybe they can win, but I think they're like a season away from being with the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Saints. But I think I think it goes it goes Rams. Okay, yeah. I'm just thinking Rams, if everything just lines up with your season. Like no, if everything step and no, yeah. Uh, your old line just plays unbelievably great. And Jason Garrett is just uh, takes no. off. <laughs> if Jason Garrett turns into someone else, just becomes a different offensive coordinator over this offseason. I, I mean like, he has the talent. He has a brain swap with somebody. The Cowboys. Good luck though. I, so so I agree in the sense that if everything goes well for the Giants, like even if everything doesn't go perfectly well, I think that they could win the NFC East. I think I think that's a possibility. I think that's what the goal for this season is. If they win the NFC East, I'm a little more confident going into the playoffs. I still think they're a little step behind 49ers and Seahawks, who they would probably have to play, who would be the same number as wins, but just because they would be in a division with like the Rams or the Saints with the Bucks, like they would just be second fiddle to the two teams that are going to the Super Bowl. And I think that's that's fair. The Giants would have to play the best wildcard team, and that's scary. It's funny that we both chose Kansas City, but at the same time, we were just like, you know, the Browns are there and the Buffalo Bills and then the Ravens and the Colts and, you know, that wild, wild AFC. Do you think that there's a possibility that the Kansas City Chiefs don't make it back or they face some struggle because best QB in the game right now. I think just best player. I don't think there's anybody in the NFL who is more impactful or better than Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. Like Aaron Donald is as close, but Patrick Mahomes is still like Patrick. That team might not go to the Super Bowl if they don't have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like no, they definitely. they might be just a fringe playoff team. There's a big drop off. But who do you think is like the next in line? Who do you think is the main team that's going to uh, challenge Kansas City the most? That that can potentially knock them off in the AFC. Browns. The Browns. The Browns. Interesting. I mean, okay. I'm a Giants fan. So Odell Beckham Jr. to me is still like a top five wide receiver. Like no matter what anybody says, I think him and Baker Mayfield just had chemistry issues. 
And I think they got fixed because they had chemistry issues in a year where it was literally one of the worst years most people will ever live through. And on top of that, they had to prepare for a season while not being able to be close to each other. Now that they've are constantly putting out videos of training together, I'm imagining some of their chemistry issues will be fixed. And they were people already are... fixed like exactly. I think I think Odell Beckham is about to have like a comeback player of the year season. Like people people gonna be scared because like I don't know. In my mind, Odell Beckham is still a top five wide receiver and no one can really change that. Unless this year he sucks. And I think already with Jarvis Landry, they got, yeah. But, and then if we want to go deeper, their issue was defense and they struggled on defense. A lot of the reason because of injury and COVID and they didn't have a second pass rusher with Garrett. Now they got J.A.B. and Clowney. If he stays healthy, this, bro, I, I think it's done. Like, they would be the second team. And I feel bad for the Ravens because that's a really good team. But the Browns just, like, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Bucks and Rams, Browns and Chiefs. Those are the championship games. Like, I think those are the four best teams. I agree with you. Like, they, the Browns were a team where I'm just like, because they, they were, they were sucking. Even when they got Odell, it just, yeah, didn't really like click right off the gate. But I was still kind of like holding that faith, like, give this another go, let them go around one more time, and and they, they were able to find some of that like last season. They were pretty good, mm-hmm. but they weren't going to be like, a major threat. And as you said, the problem was defense. I agree. Um, they did get some defensive help in the draft. Um, and they're getting players healthy. So that's I mean, a big factor that can help push this team. Like, I'm I'm looking over their depth chart right now on ESPN, and it's like, bro, if, if the Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes, like, say the Chiefs had, like, bro, no. Jalen Hurts. Oh well, th- maybe they're not. That's that's a different situation. Name like an okay, a, a really good quarterback. Like if if the Chiefs had Drew Brees, that's that's worse. I'm trying to think. If the Chiefs had like, I'm trying to think of like who's like. If the Chiefs had Baker Mayfield, they're not going to the Is Super Bowl. Okay, quarterback. No, no, no. I mean, like, I mean, like, okay, I'm just like average, like, what? No, 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 not average. Like, I mean, like, a really, really good quarterback, but who isn't Patrick Mahomes? Like, if they had, like, like a Dak. not top five, Dak. yeah, if they had, like, Dak or like Baker Mayfield, like that level of quarterback, they're maybe not going to the Super Bowl. I think you could put many quarterbacks on this Browns team and they would still have a chance. Like, if, if you just took Patrick Mahomes and replaced him with, like, Matt Ryan or Dak Prescott, the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Definitely. Like, 
this roster is wild, bro. Like their offensive line, top five. Their offensive weapons, top five. Their defensive line, it could be top five. Their linebacker core is their weakness, but they got um the really good inside linebacker out of Notre Dame. It's like Jeremy Owusu Kamora on names. And then they got Greedy Williams, who hopefully will be healthy this year. Denzel Ward, already a Pro Bowl corner. Like, dude's elite. I think Greedy Williams missed last season with a torn ACL. They got – they signed John Johnson from the Rams, elite safety. Grant Delpit, great strong safety. If, if, if that's your four – in your secondary, that's good. Not even counting that you have Jason Garrett, Malik Jackson, and Jay Davion on Clowney. Like, you're a quarterback. If you're a quarterback, you have no time to throw the ball. So that's going to help out your extremely young secondary out a lot. I, I like this roster from top to bottom is just like elite, man. Like, bro, your backup to Nick Chubb is Kareem Hunt. Like, what do you... How, what? And then the your wide receivers are Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Rashad Higgins, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, bro, like what? How? This is like an incredible roster. It's incredible. You can say that two years ago. It's like you wouldn't believe it, though. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't believe that at all. They're one of the best turnaround teams, like, that I've seen in a while. And one that, of the quickest. Yeah, quick. Yeah. They, they turned it around in like what one, two seasons? Like, bro. They like went from season. they went from winning zero games to now maybe they're Super Bowl contenders if the Chiefs don't exist. It's just that the Chiefs are just so Chiefs that so you can't see them losing said the Browns. So where does that leave a team like the Buffalo Bills and Baltimore no. Ravens? Baltimore Ravens, it's going to suck. Because like they have to be in the same division as them and that's like I could see the Ravens be like the fifth. Oh, well, they were the fifth seed last year. Huh. So maybe they just they just stay in the same position last year but like yeah like that that's the thing like kansas city chiefs is the top of the top but bills titans ravens browns colts and patriots are all on one tier together and you're just like damn damn like that's a lot of teams where you could be like if the chiefs like if patrick mahomes gets hurt mid-season it sucks, freak accident. Everybody's sad because he's one of the best players in the league. Like the AFC becomes like a madhouse. Like it'll be crazy. It's wide open. It's wide open. It's and it's only wide open because there's literally like five teams that are all on the same level of amazingness, which is crazy. Like if 
if Tom Brady gets hurt for the Buccaneers, I hope it doesn't happen. But like the Rams are the clear favorite. Like it's over. Like the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. And that's that's kind of it. The NFC is not really like all right, you have Green Bay, but not really Green Bay. You have yeah. kind of like not really New York. Like, like like you have all these teams like yeah. Like sure. Seahawks. Yeah, but... 49ers. Like, you're like, okay. Saints. But you're just just like, okay. Put in either, you know, the Rams or the Buccaneers there and just saying, yeah. Yeah. AFC. If if I couldn't... If if we were playing, like, a, a draft game and, like, we drafted our Super Bowl, like... Like our Super Bowl matchup. So if you went first and you picked the Chiefs and I couldn't pick the Chiefs for my Super Bowl matchup, I literally would not know who I would pick. I feel like I would go Browns because their roster is so crazy. But like Jared Allen is the second best quarterback in the league. Like, what are you what are you gonna do with that? Like, or at least the second best quarterback in the NFC, in the AFC. And his team is built specifically around him to make him better. Like, when you have the better quarterback, sometimes it just works in your favor, and that's the Bills. When you have Lamar Jackson, who is an amazing player and literally can beat you in so many different ways, you can't really bet against that. You can't ever bet against the Patriots. And, like... The Titans and Colts both got a hell of a lot better and are both are extremely well-balanced teams. Like, what do you... Like, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones is about to be incredible. How do you stop that? Like, that's wild, man. AFC is going to be fun. AFC is going to be a stress fest for a lot of fans. Yeah. Yeah, but, man. It's going to be crazy. The Ravens are a really interesting team because it seems like for years like we should be able to contend and get to the Super Bowl but it's just like there's always that team that's just in their way and they can't get it which is you know Patriots Patriots now Chiefs yeah Kansas City it's like they can't (laughs) they get screwed over by just a great team coming out of nowhere so what does that do to their window like it's got to be closing sometime soon. I would say no. Because Lamar Jackson, I don't think he's signed a contract extension yet. Like they, Lamar like Lamar Jackson. Jackson's still Lamar Jackson. He's fantastic, but is he ever going to get past the Kansas City Chiefs? Like the Cleveland Browns, you're saying, is now going to eclipse them. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel bad for the Ravens. Because, yeah, like... It should be in, like, a Super Bowl. I want to see Lamar Jackson in a Super Bowl. And, it, and it's, like, it's like funny because, like... We feel like the Ravens are on that level with the Chiefs, right? Like, over the last two years. Yet, they haven't played the Chiefs in the playoffs yet. Like, they haven't made it to the championship game. And that's kind of, like, a letdown. But they got beat by the Bills last year. Arguably one of the best teams too. And then the year before they got beat by the Titans. So 
also a really good team. But like that's just it's also another team that kind of just eclipsed them was the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. This is a stacked offense. (laughs) No. So I I, I think that the the Ravens did get better this year. But all I'm saying is just, is it enough? It's going to be sad because it probably is enough. Maybe it's enough in the NFC, but it's pretty much not enough here for them. I think think that they did a really good job of like, they're always going to have a good O-line. They're always going to have an elite defense. I think what they did a good job of is adding outside wide receivers who can actually play outside and i think and that's really good like they have wide receivers that don't need to be in the middle like between the numbers to like get completions so we'll just have to see how that works like sammy watkins and rashad bateman are solid compliments to like you can then move um marquise brown to like a slot and it works they already have Andrews, who's an elite tight end. He's one of the better tight ends in the league, and it'll figure itself out. But yeah, to be in a division with the Browns, it it will be difficult. Browns Ravens, those games are going to be awesome. Those are those are going to be some of the better games of this season. Well, a lot of the AFC games are going to be fun. That's true. So, uh. I'm I'm. Bro, this I miss football so much. I want football. Oh, I that, need football. That's that's gonna be it. like it's it's more interesting than the NFC. But yeah, the NFC, you know, you like the funny thing is you you kind of know the outcome of the AFC, yet that 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 team the the tier below the Chiefs is really good, right? So we, we mostly have like sort of the same prediction. Could very much so change. A lot of things can change during a 17 game season, you know. But we'll just have to see. Um so that'll kind of wrap it up for the predictions and and I don't know, do you, you wanna talk about this this first preseason game, even though it's it's kind of a Sort of a snooze fest, in a way. I mean, I want to because it's the first football game in a really long time. Yeah, it's the first. But it also it it wasn't like good, and no, I don't I don't know how competitive either of those teams would be. That like, it'd be extremely interesting. No offense, Cowboys, but like, I mean, we're playing like. Her, our our second third stringers, man. No, but I mean, like in in, in this Steelers, kind of the same thing too. Kind yeah, of. like what what is there to judge in that game? Like, oh, Micah Parsons was good. Dwayne Haskins I was good. It. I I like you like Micah Parsons, man. I liked what I seen seen in the preseason game. I mean, he's a good he's a good player. Yeah. Obviously preseason, still more football games to go. But what he had like three tackles, had a fumble recovery, even though the ball was basically right there in his face. But he did it. 
fucking <laughs> he well, showed he aggressiveness, getting on after the ball and stuff. Like that, that's the one thing the the Cowboys needed was just like someone on the defense that that could just be a playmaker for them, and that's what I'm. That's what he on. is. Yeah, that's what I want to see more of. You know, he played limited minutes, so we'll have to see. But I, I was encouraged by Micah Parsons. Hopefully, he can be a start in this putrid defense turning itself around because God knows we need it. Um, I mean, and then, like, the second thing that caught my eye was basically, like, the QB battle of the Steelers. Um, they obviously, yeah, they're trying to figure out, you know, who's that guy that's going to replace Ben Roethlisberger when he rides off to the sunset. And that's Dwayne Haskins. I think you just mentioned him too. I'm going to let you finish. And like a Mason Rudolph. Uh, what were you going to say about Haskins? I mean, like he was solid. And like, I think, I think, I think the Steelers backup job is kind of important. Just because, like, with the older quarterbacks, like, what would be the older quarterbacks? Like, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like, those are, like, the two older guys in the quarterback clubhouse, right, who are still starting. Mm -hmm. I think I have the least amount of faith in Ben Roethlisberger out of those two. So I think that the backup – yeah. Like – Aaron Rodgers just won an MVP and Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl. Uh I I could I could see if the Steelers season isn't going the way that they like, especially being in division with the Browns and the Ravens and the Bengals, who made massive improvements this year and are gonna be like a quick upside team. They could end up throwing in the towel early. And that that backup quarterback job might be very important to to see who's who's gonna be good. Who do you think gets the job? Because I, I thought in this game I like more from Rudolph, but it seems like Haskins has more of a has more of a versatile game as a QB than a Rudolph. Yeah. So, what I was thinking is. We know what Rudolph is. Like, I don't think Rudolph is going to get any better than what he is. I think Haskins has more upside. And I think I think they just keep them both and see what happens, which sucks because I, li- I, like, I like Dobbs. Dobbs had a really impressive throw. Dobbs is good, bro. Dobbs had, is good. It was like in the, the fourth quarter, I think it was early on. But he had this really good play where it was just like he was about to get sacked. Like he was like a good second away from getting sacked. And he got the ball off to uh I believe a Tyler Simmons and that was a touchdown. That that basically just sealed the game. Cowboys yeah. were Cowboys really couldn't score and the Steelers defense was good, always been good. So and they also yeah. have a new like offensive coordinator. So it's mostly just testing around and, and just playing around the field in preseason. So just really getting your feet wet. But I really did like Josh Dobbs when he was playing. 
It's interesting with their QB spots, man. Because they have yeah. like three guys that, you know. All it, solid backups. Yeah, basically. They just have to pick two. <laughs> Which is they, so can, they can like practice squad one of them. See what happens. But then they could get picked up by someone else and it gets weird. It's just like who's who's gonna be the guy out? The scene it seems like from like reports and maybe like a Dobbs, maybe. There's Dobbs less I feel like Haskins is safe. There's less upside with Dobbs. Yeah. But yeah, him him and him and has him and Rudolph would be the more steady hands as a backup. So if you have two steady hands and like you you don't want to keep Dobbs and Rudolph because they lack the upside. They're kind of just what they are. That's what I'm saying. Haskins is for the most part he's going to be on this roster. He's safe. He has the more upside the most potential. Yeah. So yeah, it just comes down to those two guys. But that's the interesting thing that the Steelers got going on. Um, they obviously have other questions offensively. Um, what is Ben Roethlisberger going to be at damn near 40 years old next season on the tail end of his career? We'll, we'll have to see. They do have like this punter. Uh, I think they drafted him like Presley Harvin where social media was going crazy for because I think he like, really? had this one, yeah like this one punt and kick that was impressive I didn't see that I... But, yeah I mean it, there's not really much to take from this preseason game and I, I've taken more from like the Steelers and the Cowboys because most of the people on, who was playing in this game for the Cowboys probably not even going to see in the first game, for the most part, so yeah. I, I'm looking at like I, I would see their defense is the group that you would see. Like, I'm looking at who caught passes from, and I don't know these people. Yeah, and <laughs> their running backs. It's pretty much Tony Pollard. Their defense, though, you got Jabril Cox. Micah Parsons, Keanu Neal, like these people will, Oze, those are going to be key pieces on this team probably. One guy I am interested to see for the Cowboys going on to next season mm. is Mr. C.D. Lamb. Right. How much of a leap he takes in his development that's just one thing that's going to be interesting. There's obviously I mean, the Dak Prescott thing and all that, but you know we discussed that numerous times <laughs> in that whole contract. So I'm not even going to get into all that. I mean, CD Lamb should take a jump because now instead of Andy Dalton, he'll have Dak Prescott throwing him the ball. It's just interesting what his fit is because Cooper, CD, and Gallup, that's a really good three, but yeah, do you need to make it work? I remember when Dak, you know, went down. I rage quit the season. 
because I knew it was over. There was no way we was gonna get anywhere without that. Oh yeah, like, no. Dalton. Whew. Yeah. I... <laughs> uh, Dalton. But is there anything you would say about anything you're looking forward to this season or thoughts from this? Meh. Really? Game? Oh, just on this game, I'm just meh. Thoughts for the season? I want the Bears to not be good as a Giants fan because we have their first round draft pick. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be keeping my eye on that. Downfall even beyond you. No. So, bro, my dream right now is that the Giants. Eh, maybe not. Maybe not my dream. The Giants find a way for to trade for Aaron Rodgers midseason. No. Like like the Bears are not doing great. The Giants are middle of the pack. And so their 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 draft pick isn't the best. I'll give you twenty dollars if that happens. And they trade Giants first round draft pick, Bears first round draft pick, two future round draft picks like a third and like Daniel Jones for Aaron Rodgers and like a sixth round pick. And I think I would cry. There'd be tears streaming down my face as we win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, it was good to play, you know, Madden and, you know, in the battle of Jones, but, you know. It's fun. You know, I got bored one time playing Madden and I read that if you changed players positions to punter that you can trade for them and like i built the most super team i built the most super team with the giants and i was just so happy god i need to play me some madden soon i have 21 but it's like man 22 is about to come out soon but anyways i should wrap it up for episode nine of the play call podcast we had really good talk and you know it's time to say goodbye as i am tired time to say goodbye oh god no don't sing that's gonna be copyright oh god never mind <laughs> all right deuces people enjoy your night and bye-bye see ya